All right, so here we are. How you doing, folks? I'm back, and I'm still on this Ray Charles cat. Uh, yeah, I know the first part was really, really long. I'm sorry. Ray just has a very interesting life and a very, very productive life, man. But we made it 30 years from 1930 when he was born, about 1960. That's where we are now. And by this time, you know, Ray's 30 years old, and he has achieved a status that very few artists of any color achieve. And as a black man, it's singular. Ray was at a point where he's not just a crossover artist, where he appeals to white audiences and black audiences and green audiences and purple audiences and everything else. He's making some real money. He's had hit after hit after hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. And Ray may not have been able to see well, Ray could count his money. <laughs> and, and Ray knew, how uh, should I say a shyster when he saw one, uh, when he felt one, or when he heard one. So Ray was at the top of his game. Yeah, 1960. Mm -hmm. Ray is doing a whole lot of things. He's having hit after hit after hit. And uh, he uh, gets his little. Uh, record company going and and uh, you know things are going along getting another little hit and another little hit here and I'm not even going to try to name all the tunes he had uh, in this period of time because Ray uh, had over 80 albums himself and 200 collaborations so Look at how many songs that is. I'm not trying to do all that. You all know all Ray's stuff, or at least you think you do. We'll find out a little bit later on. Uh, somewhere around 62 or so, he starts to feel that he's going to do country music. And it's not so much that, that Ray was going to do country music so he could cross over into country. The country folks already knew Ray. <laughs> Everybody knew Ray. So Ray wasn't crossing over into country to, to get a new audience. Ray was bringing country into the mainstream. So if anything, Ray's promoting country, not the other way around. This is also a very uh, unusual scenario for a black artist to be in. But here's Ray doing what he can to pump up country music. And he does uh, Modern Sounds of uh, Country and Western Music Volume 1 and Volume 2. And uh, out of that, somewhere around 62 or so, comes out this uh, great song, I Can't Stop Loving You. Big, big, big hit, one of my very, very favorite songs this very day. And this song became a very big hit uh, in Great Britain, perhaps his, uh, his only number one hit uh, in the UK, as a matter of fact. So now Ray is, is, is getting these country hits too, and, 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 and getting... Uh, uh, all kind of critical acclaim uh, for these, you know, winning Grammys and all kind of uh, uh, accolades uh, from Billboard and climbing the charts here and there on both sides. And some of these songs, although they were country, they do well on the pop side, they do better well on the uh, soul side and do well on the country side. Ray had a way of just making everybody happy with what he was doing. Um, somewhere around 1964, there was a, a tragedy. One of his former uh, Rayettes, uh, well, she wasn't former yet, she, uh, how should I say this? She was a Rayette 
but she was kind of his road wife, and in that relationship, uh, she had a son. And uh, the situation became one more hostile, and by 1964, on tour in uh, Europe, uh, he had a fire, and uh, so she came back to the States, and we'll hear more about that uh, later. But uh, some things started happening to Ray at the same time. Um, Ray always had this uh, addiction, uh, not always, but for a long time, this addiction to heroin. Uh, horse, boy, whatever you want to call it. And uh, H, you know, he had this addiction. And um, yeah, third time he got busted, they decided, okay, I know you raised Charles, I know you got all this and all that, but we got to do something to you. So, you know, normally he'd be sentenced to jail for a whole bunch of years, but uh, somehow Ray was able to get himself uh, sent to a rehab. He agreed to go to rehab and get himself cleaned up. And that was good enough for the judge and the power to be, and his lawyers, I guess, did a great job, and that's what happened. It's funny, not only did Ray clean up while in rehab, uh, he had this psychiatrist who was working with him and decided that Ray needed more to do with his mind than what he was doing, so he decided Ray had a very cunning mind, very, very quick study concentrate very well. He said, I have the perfect game for you, Ray. We need to do this on a regular basis. Ray, what's that? He says, I'm going to make you a chess master. Chess master? Ray Charles? Blind Ray Charles? Yes. And from that experience in rehab, chess became one of Ray's biggest passions for the rest of his life. He even challenged a couple of grandmasters. He lost, but he, he challenged them anyway. He was a pretty good chess player. Because when you really look at it, his whole life had been a very intense game of chess, now hadn't it? Yeah. So he finally gets out of rehab, and uh, he starts his own little uh, record label, Tangerine Records at first. And um, uh, starts recording again. And um, within a short period of time, here we go again. Hit after hit after hit after hit. Somewhere around 1966 or so, um, he met um, uh, a young couple. Uh, Ashford and Simpson. Everybody knows Ashford and Simpson. Uh, one of the greatest songwriting teams of all time. Nick and Valerie. And um, they're gone now, but their music is most certainly here with us. Uh, and um, they gave Ray a big bounce back from rehab and all the stuff he'd been going through over the last couple of years because of the drug conviction. Uh, and it's funny, <laughs> it, it, the big hit was called, Let's Go Get Stoned. <laughs> but it was a big hit. And uh, Ray's back on the charts. He had a dance uh, uh, chart 
uh, with them at all went well. And I think he may have even had another country uh, hit called Crying Time. So once again, Ray's popping on all cylinders and he got that sense of humor because the biggest hit he had coming, coming out of rehab was let's go get stoned. Okay, Ray, I hope you learned something now. All right, so we have no evidence that he was ever um, addicted again. Uh, no evidence of that. So he made the song, but I don't think he danced to that music, all right? At any rate, uh, Ray uh, continued uh, to do his thing. Uh, he, uh, in the 70s, uh, he turned to kind of a, uh, what people call progressive soul. That means he's doing the stuff that Stevie Wonder and the Barcades and the Ohio Players and, and Cameo and Earthwind and people like that are starting to do, call it progressive soul, a soul with a beat and a message. And um, he ended up uh, doing an album about that time called Message uh, to the People. And um, he um, had, uh, at that time, um, um, Great recordings, uh, protest songs, uh, Abraham Martin and John and um, Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is considered the uh, African-American uh, national anthem. Um, just so many uh, great songs. Uh, Mr. Mister, uh, questioning the very same things about uh, uh, criminal justice and uh, economics and uh, same questions we are uh, asking today and not getting good answers. Uh, he had songs about those things. And um, so Ray was also very, very conscious. It's the thing that people don't realize about Ray is that in all the things he did, bringing people together, bringing country folks into soul music and soul music folks into a little country and really getting people to work together Ray was the same way in his political life. Uh, he supported Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement, uh, not just spiritually, but financially. Um, I remember uh, a story about him going to uh, Sun City, a uh, very famous and infamous uh, resort in uh, South Africa near Johannesburg. And uh, it's lavish. It, it's like the Disney World over there. And um, I've been there and, you know, walked through it. It is, it is lavish. Well, Ray did a concert there. And this was during the time before Mandela. So people look at him like, man, what are you, how are you going to be for civil rights over here? And over there playing at a party mess, you know, at Sun City, come on. And Ray said, look, man, when I performed there, the audience had to be segregated. I made them white folks sit right next to black folks in our audience to hear me perform. Hmm, that's what I did. So you said you won't do about me, but I forced a little progress in South Africa. Uh, Ray always had uh, that consciousness and continued that, which gets us back, getting to look back to about 1961. He had a song called Georgia, 
on my mind. Most people just say Georgia. Most people say just Georgia. Georgia on my mind, yeah. And uh, somewhere at 61, somewhere around 61 in Augusta, Georgia, he's doing this concert, and he got shut down because they wanted to segregate the audience, put the black folks in the attic and white folks on the main floor, and Ray wasn't having it, so uh, he, he canceled the concert, walked away. He got sued and everything else, but state of Georgia made him persona non grata, all that mess. But in 79, uh, he got to perform on the uh, floor of the Georgia legislature. They became, became the Georgia State Song. So here we are, 18 years later, and Ray has flipped that script. And once again, has moved the cost of, of human dignity forward. The cause of human dignity is moved forward by his action and his resolve and him standing firm about what he believed until the power that be relented. That's Ray Charles. Now, Ray also still got to make some money. So he's doing this progressive soul thing and you know, 75, uh, in the 70s, Stevie was a bad boy too. Prince was starting to come up, you know, but P Stevie was, was running things pretty much. And uh, he had been working with Ashford and Simpson. They came out of the uh, Motown stable, so Stevie was just a, skip, a little skipping jump. And um, living for the city becomes a big hit. He's changing recording companies and publishing companies and management and things like that as he feels he needs to. And he's working with people who can provide for him the environment necessary to do where he needs to go for the next thing. Very, very um, smart about making those kinds of uh, decisions. Um, he's also um, continuing this journey uh, through this uh, music uh, evolution. And uh, he's got this friend Quincy Jones, and one of the biggest hits, and a funny hit too he made, was a remake of a tune uh, by uh, the Brothers Johnson. Um, and he did that uh, uh, with Shaka Khan. And, uh, I remember Ray told Shaka Khan, he said, baby, fine as you are, uh, you can turn me upside down and take all my credit cards and cash and everything uh, out of my pocket. Ray, Ray was quite, quite a character. Um, so um, Ray Charles knew great music. He was surrounded by great people. His friends were lifelong. He and Q first met when he went to Seattle back in the 40s, early 50s. And here they are, almost 50 years later, having a big, big hit. Speaking of hits, Ray had 18 Grammys and untold numbers. I am not gonna try to go through all the awards Ray had. Go look that up yourself. It's just too much to try. But just check this out. 
18 Grammys. Now, I'm not talking about nomination. I'm talking about Grammys in his hand walking away. Yes, that's who we're talking about. And then he was too big for TV. <laughs> Although he did host Saturday Night Live and was on this thing and that thing, Ray got around. But he was also on the Bill Cosby show. We don't like to talk about Bill Cosby too much, but Bill Cosby did some good stuff. Uh, I guess he did some bad stuff too, but I do remember a great um, uh, little setup with Bill Cosby and uh, Ray and Bill Mesquitin talking about all the fine women that are walking around. Funny how that was a subject. <laughs> and, uh, and Ray sitting there because he can't see nothing. <laughs> and finally, Ray said, Bill, Bill, I don't care nothing about what you're seeing. All I wanted, one field. <laughs> one field, baby. That was Ray. That was his attitude. And that was natural. And it was not committed. That was just who he was. Uh, just not going to let anybody uh, suppress his spirit. Um, Ray had this great movie. And what do you call a movie about Ray Charles? You call it Ray. You don't have to call it anything else. Everybody knows who Ray Charles is. Ray, that's all it took. And Jamie Foxx played that role, folks. He played that role. Academy Award for that. Sang beautifully, acted beautifully, and I'm telling you, Ray Charles was brought to life by Jamie Foxx. That's just how that went. You know, all good things must come to an end, and finally, after everything, um, Ray's body started to fall apart from all that he'd done to his body for all those years. But I want to remind you, Ray had 12 children, including the son by Miss Hendricks, who he raised. Ray took care of all of his children, all of them. He was not one of those deadbeat fathers. He took care of all of his children. And um, everybody was at his funeral from B.B. King on down, Quincy Jones, all of them, they were all there. Paid tribute to a great man. Frank Sinatra said that Ray Charles was the only true genius in the entertainment world. Music critics have said, well, this guy, man, what can he do with a lyric? And this one, what can they do with a melody? And this one, what can they do with this? And this one, what can they do? But Ray had a three octave range, and Ray was a master of sound from moans to groans to slurs to hollers to screams to squeaks to cries and he used it all with perfect measure in order to communicate 
every syllable of every word he ever sang. He had this wonderful palette of colors with his voice alone, like none other. And that was part of his genius. No one had the range of colors that the voice could produce with such control as Ray Charles. That's what he was. And everybody knew it. But he was a genius. He knew what to do, when to do it, how to do it, who to do it with. And like my father said, he knew when to hold him and he knew when to fold him. We're talking genius. So now, the best advice I can give you about Ray Charles, go out and listen to all of these great recordings, and, and, and they're, they're just hundreds of songs out there. But just listen, and let Ray inside your heart. Let him work his magic. He knows how to move you from the inside out. The genius of Mr. Ray Charles Robinson, better known as Ray Charles. Thank you very much. <laughs>